Hey guys, welcome back to the Armchair Fan Basketball Podcast. It's been a while, but it's been a while for good reason. We have been doing some preparing up to bring something special for you guys, and so we're gonna do something known as a rebuild series, where each of us uh, pick a team and then <clears throat> we give our points and opinions about a team where they can improve, and we just have a general discussion about. And how we feel, and where we feel, and how we feel, or uh, they can improve in our opinions. And um, as usual, it's me, Asfur, and Gautam kicking it off. And um, so today, the first team we're going to talk about is the Lakers, which is going to be Gautam's team. So Gautam, some background on the Lakers, and we all know they've been recent champions. So just don't mention that. Move over from that, please. Hurts, doesn't yeah, it? Definitely for me. Definitely for me. We'll do that. So now, <laughs> now the 17-time champion NBA champions are looking to rebuild their roster along with around LeBron and AD, and they are desperate for a third shoot, third scorer for their team because this the previous season Kyle Kuzma has not been that third scorer guy, and he could we could see him moving out in in a trade. Which could, which is highly possible, and uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the first, uh, the first trade which has happened this season, not fully done, but 90% done, is that the Lakers are going to acquire Dennis Schroeder from the OKC Thunder in exchange for Danny Green and their 28th pick of this year's draft. So Dennis Schroeder, in my opinion, he's a great defender and he's a decent scorer, and he's and he I I believe he's the point guard. The Lakers are looking for, and I've seen other rumors where Lakers, uh, where Rondo is on his way out because he may ask for bigger money because he doesn't deserve that 2.6 million which he got last season. So if that doesn't work out, Kyle Kuzma and Kyle Kuzma and Quinn Cook will be traded to the Detroit Pistons for D Rose, and that and they'll have a backup point guard for Dennis Schroeder. And one more thing is, they they have too many free agents right now. The Lakers, they have Kentavious Caldwell Pope, they have Marquise Morris, they have Dwight Howard, they have uh, Javale McGee, and they also I think they have Jared Dudley, J R Smith, and Avery Bradley. So most of them have. Don't forget Dion Waiters. Yeah, Dion Waiters, and of course Anthony Davis. So these guys are the free agents. I think that I've missed a few, but it's like almost half the team are free, uh, half the half of the Lakers are free agents. And AD is ninety percent done, and he'll be signing a max contract, not a max contract, not not a not long term contract, but he'll be definitely re-signing with the Lakers, depending on how long LeBron will stay in the team, because LeBron still has uh, one two more years with one with the last year being a player option, and. They, I feel they should re-sign Avery Bradley because they're missing his perimeter defense, and that was the that was the one main thing they missed in the NBA bubble. NBA bubble, but still they managed to win the championship. But I I feel they should not let go of Avery Bradley, and one more player they shouldn't let go is Marquise Morris because he's been really useful for the team. And the way how he played in the playoffs and the NBA Finals, so I think they should they should get him too. 
and last but not the least they should they should be able to squeeze in dwight howard because right now lakers are without a center and ad cannot play the center position always and yeah that's it that's that much i know for the lakers oh so what like players would you suggest cuz i honestly think their biggest weakness is their shooting they don't have any great shooting and if even if the shooter deal goes through shooter is a great shooter they still have to like find a backup shooter or a proper shooting guard in that team which they don't have so who would you suggest over there yeah so yeah the shooting guard position you have avery bradley hopefully they hopefully he resigns with the team because even though, though he may not be a scorer he's really good at defense yeah like you said shooter may not be that great in shooting so if you ask me who's the shooting guard the lakers would be looking for it would be jiro holiday but i doubt that would ever happen because he's he's linked with many other teams and to, right now i have no shooting guard in my mind who's a good who's a good scorer and who could be a good fit for the lakers because apart from demar okay. derozan apart from demar derozan who was about to come I think I don't think that deal will be I I don't think that deal will happen because number one the Lakers don't have enough uh, don't have the players to match Demar DeRozan's salary and also the da- Danny Green was supposed to be one of the main players to be traded but he's already traded mostly going to be traded for Dennis Schroeder. Yeah okay also what do you what would you suggest Yeah uh well uh really good points made by Gautam there so yeah i understand that uh, the lakers if they have the intention of repeating the championship run they have to resign at least some of their uh, free agents and uh, i think the biggest uh, the biggest free agents they would need to resign is i think kcp should be on the top of their list because he was surprisingly good in the playoffs because they really needed like apart from ad and uh, lebron yes rondo was exceptional but when it came to really really important buckets kcp was amazing and he really pulled through for them so i think signing kcp back would also be a key yes i guess again for a one year or two year deal but i think he would be a good fit for them and uh, markeith morris uh because he is again a good defender a good playmaker and he is a decent shooter as well so uh these two i think to get their wing uh, depth up and running they would definitely need to sign these two as well and uh, uh, if, if you talk about the free agent like uh, to get shooting i'm not sure if joe harris would be available like if the nets would actually uh let him go but if they choose to do that i think joe harris would be a really good addition for them they would have to go into the luxury tax or sign him but i think he would be a good he would be a really good fit for them because he is an exceptional shooter as well so yeah apart from that uh, the lakers i mean their core is stacked and uh, the addition of dennis shooter would be amazing for them because last time what they really lacked was a person running the second unit and uh, if dennis shooter is there he is an exceptional playmaker Uh, I mean, an underrated playmaker and a former sixth man of the year finalist. So that would be a really good uh, help for the bench of the Lakers. And yes, and I think getting rid of Danny Green actually helped them more <laughs> because there was an entire petition out there to not give Danny Green a 
ring so the hate for Danny Green was an all time high so yeah i think the lakers have started off well with this off season and uh, let's see if they can actually help lebron get a second ring what do you think of Yeah, I mean, if I were them, I would. My, I think the first free agent I would try to sign would be Joe Harris, because um, if they can like offer, not only can they offer him like a little bit more money, because they can still trade away. They have a bunch of like role players on their cap. Like they can trade away KCP, who's going to take eight point five million off the cap. They can trade away Quinn Cook, who's going to take three million, or and Javale McGee. KCP is anyway a free agent, so that's fine. He's a free agent post the 2021 2021 season. No, no, no. He declined his option just today. Totally. So he'll be a free agent. So that's good then. Then they have like 8.5 million free cap space for them. And if they trade away Quinn Cook and a couple of other players, they can find a way to sign Zuhairis because they do have a lot of space remaining. Even if uh, Rajiv Rondo doesn't like mm-hmm. uh, like take his player option. In. So. If I have power, then I'll try to find like I mean like find a way to sign Joe Harris, and then along with say um, then show that if that deal does go through, that would be a pretty pretty good deal over there as well. And Joe Harris, I mean, I mean sorry, Dennis Schroeder and uh, Danny Green kind of just match for cap salary, so that wouldn't make too much of a difference on on that end. Uh, despite this team really lacking shooting. I think trading away Danny Green is smart to be despite him being an insanely good shooter because he just wasn't really good for them last year. But that's what I think they should do. And on the big part, I don't think the Lakers need a big because we saw during this playoffs, so like they can get a scrappy big for like a mil or two from like the G League or from some one of the other teams like later into the league, and they should, they will be fine with it because they never really utilized. Javale or Dwight that much, especially the later end of the playoffs. Because that's how the playoffs tends to be. You either use a really high quality big like an Anthony Davis or a Jokic, or like a Brook Lopez or someone, or you just can't use them at all. It's just going to be a liability on the defense. Right? So they can probably just find someone to just take in the rotation minutes here and there. So I think they'll be fine. Um, hey, I think Lakers are going to have the strongest team next. in the coming season for sure one more thing i would like to add i think lakers like you mentioned like lakers are looking for a scoring shooting guard so i think they should trade for caris levert because brooklyn is going to start both kyrie irving and spencer dinwiddie yeah, at the back yeah but what assets do they have that's also that what's his salary again caris levert i think levert that's like he's on a rookie deal still so He's fine so over there. He got if, drafted in the same year. No, no, wait. Oh, he just signed Kuzma, a new deal last year. Okay, but I was I was going to say if the Kuzma deal, if Kuzma was going to be swapped, it would have worked. But yeah, now right now I don't think Lakers can put anything to them. Okay, so Kyrie's worth on a three-year, forty-two point five million contract, which is quite a lot. But uh, yeah, Kuzma isn't the prospect everyone thought he was going to be. And I don't think the Nets are going to be ever going to be interested because Kuzma and the Nets have also been told the only reason the only thing on time they ever going to trade Kyle Lowry is if someone like a Bradley Beal is going to be available out there because to be fair that's the kind of talent Kyle Lowry is and that kind of value the Brooklyn Nets can get for him. So and actually another shooting guard I would like to for like suggest like Lakers with that would be like Seth Curry from the Mavericks. He's on a measly eight million 
for your contract. So they could get the salary up for that easily and throw in a couple second round draft picks and that should be fine for them. Like maybe throw in a Alex Caruso and another guy and they could in, be able to get or like get him as well. Yeah, no, I, I can't see Caruso playing on any other team, man. Don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, they, they are, Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I guess Seth Curry would. I be think the only other guy who's gonna be moved is Kuzma. Kuzma is definitely not what he is, and I think like right now his value is gonna be as high as as it is gonna be in the next couple of years. So they should try and find a way to trade him as soon as possible. So yeah, that would be. Uh, that's it about Lakers. So now let's move on to. The team that kind of disappeared into oblivion last year, but that really did help them in big offense. And this is going to come out with a bang again this season. And that's, as you all know, Golden State Warriors, Dub City. Aswar, take it away. Yeah, so the Golden State Warriors actually have a pretty interesting offseason coming up because yes as you mentioned they did disappear because at the end of a amazing dynastic playoff run where they reached I think five NBA finals in a row uh, they just in a couple of weeks they just disappeared I mean two of the uh, like two of the stars got injured one of them left and then their other MVP they he just got injured and and next thing you know, it was just a bunch of rookies playing in that amazing chase center. And yeah, so that was the season which Golden State had. And uh, that actually helped them in a way because they got the second overall pick. And uh, this actually is a really interesting season for the Warriors because uh, everyone's because everyone has the attention span, I guess, of a goldfish. They just forget how good all these players were. Everyone just thinks that yes, KD was there, so they're amazing. They were really good before KD got there. They don't forget they were the seventy-three and nine Warriors, seventy-three and eight Warriors. Okay, I think nine. Yeah, my bad. So the point is, Steph Curry has also had a lot of rest. Clay Thompson has a lot of, has a lot has had a lot of rest as well. And yes, uh, Clay is coming off a really serious injury, but if there's one thing we know about Clay is that he is superhuman and uh, all his workout videos have given me a lot of confidence to be honest. And uh, apart from that, Draymond, yes, I think he has lost a step, but uh, I think with the addition of Steph and Clay, uh, he would be better, I feel. And uh, the interesting piece, I think, here would be Andrew Wiggins because uh, we know he has definitely not panned out to be as great as everyone expected him to be when he got drafted. But uh, there are hopes that he might be able to excel in uh, Steve Kerr's system. But uh, that is, again, up to, like, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, But uh, apart from that, uh, the roster, which... Golden State actually currently has is actually far off from where they were because one of their, like, they had, apart from their superstars, they had a really good bench. They had really good bench players like Sean Livingston, you had Andre Guadala. All these players were high IQ players. You know, they could be defensively good. They could run the entire second unit when Stephen Clay and all these other guys rested. And, uh, yeah, they did have quality big men. I mean, they had Javel McGee, they had Andrew Bogut. All these people were anchors. They were defensively really good. And, you know, one thing which Steph Curry loves is 
a, a big man who could screen well and these people did that really well to get him open looks so i think these would be the key uh you know aspects which golden state and bob myers would have to look into and uh, if there's one thing bob myers can do he can actually make the best out of situations because don't forget he converted kd leaving into getting d'angelo russell because mostly if you look at every situation it's usually like the player just leaves and the team is left with nothing but this time he was able to convert that into another all star and then got again andrew wiggins in return so i think bob mas would be able to try and do something to make this roster really good again and yes they might not get back to the dynastic form but i think they could still be pretty good and you know make a run for the western conference finals okay so the a couple of moves i got in mind were uh, as i mentioned they really needed a center and uh, with the second pick uh, yeah there were a couple of rumors out there that they might pick james wiseman and stuff yes james wiseman is a really good talent and he would be really good in the league but uh, he actually doesn't fit with the uh, golden state warriors timeline because all the stars and like they've reached their 30s and stuff and uh, drafting a 19 year old rookie just wouldn't make a lot of sense because they are in a win now mode so they wouldn't be able to do justice to him and help him develop as well so i think it would be better for them to basically trade away their second pick to the knicks uh in return for mitchell robinson and maybe the eighth overall pick uh, how this is a win win for both the teams is because again Uh, the Knicks are without direction, which isn't anything new. But uh, they definitely do need a star, basically, you know, to attract the Knicks audience and maybe give them some relevance again. And I think uh, the third ball brother would actually be a really good addition to the Garden. So I guess this would help the Knicks as well. And uh, Mitchell Robinson is a really good prospect. He's a really good. Uh, Uh, defender and uh, you know really good inside presence and uh, him being young as well also doesn't actually helps the warriors and he's uh, been in the league of a couple of years so that is good so that i think makes a lot of sense for the warriors because they can uh, get, like convert the second overall pick to a meaningful center and if that that doesn't pan out uh, there's rumors that bob mas is really interested in calio bre junior Kelly Jr had a really good season with the Suns but uh, he had a meniscus tear which uh, uh, you know uh, sidelined him for the rest of the season and uh, the bad side of that was the Suns had an amazing run in the bubble without him so that uh, in the end makes his the like his value in the team go down i mean that's how it actually happens right if a team plays well without you everyone just forgets how good you are and uh, the point is all their uh, rookies like mikael bridges and cam johnson they just elevated themselves and played really well alongside the uh, andre ayton and devin booker and uh, so i think that would uh, make like push the suns to you know move kelyubre and uh, i think uh, he might be on the move as well so these two moves would i feel make the warriors a little young as well and help their bench with Kelly Oubre i think he can start with the bench and make the second unit pretty good and uh, Mitchell Robinson can at least start for them and be the starting center 
the other thing was they lack is a back a, a backup center and i think margasol because they have the mid level exception so they can sign margasol to that margasol is i think at the twilight of his career but don't forget he's still pretty good i mean a big man a 7 foot big man who can space the floor is still a really rare sight can be important so, though uh yeah i mean that's the thing right uh, he is i think what 35 or something and uh, he is definitely on the end of his career so i think there's not a lot of teams who would be willing to pay him more than 5 mil like that is the mid level exception so i think he would be uh, agreeing to sign to that i mean if he does good for him good for the lakers but i think that would be a good fit for the lakers as well because he is a good veteran presence and a good three point shooter which is something which is welcome any time and um, the last thing i think they would need to add is a backup point guard because if steph goes away they need a backup point guard to run the offense and stuff so i think jomi lin is back in the picture because jomi lin who started his career with the golden state warriors has been bounced bounced he, he just bounced around the league a lot and uh, i think now he's currently playing in china but uh, his talents are still uh, pretty well known and i think he would be a wonderful addition to this team so and adding in eric pascal and all the rookies who played really well in last season i think if they can make these moves it would be a really good all around team and the warriors would be back on top like where we used to seeing them in the past decade or so so yeah what do you guys think yeah i think the warriors are i think they'll be like back from like like way before even though despite without kerry they'll be fine like steph curry is there there's clay thompson and Yeah like Asmus said they have they're desperate for a new center. Um I don't know much. I think they just should be dominant but their only competition would be the Lakers. Yeah, that much I can I know about the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. really informative by Gotham. I honestly think the Warriors are kind of screwed with the cap cuz they're already like how much um 30 something million over the cap. they're deep inside luxury threshold and they're almost like paying like 180 200 million inclusive of taxes and all that crap oh uh, and that literally gives them zero flexibility to do anything the second round pick which they have is a 8.7 million cap hold on their cap or as it is so that's going to keep them from doing anything so i think they're just better off trading that pick for something like your trade or with for Mitchell Robinson i think it's extremely smart cuz Not only can they at least get some depth in the center position, now they can use the eight pick to draft some pretty good wings. Because this draft, despite not being that good of a draft in star level, is pretty deep when it comes to role players, especially in the wing and point guard position. So they could get some pretty pretty good wing players or point guard players in this draft with the eight eight overall pick. I mean, other trades I'd I'd like to see them make. I don't know, man. It's not much. Maybe. Try and get Robert Covington from the Rockets. Now the Rockets are have like a garage sale, just selling everyone over there. Or even try and get Jeff Green from there. Uh, they just need a bunch of role players, and if they can get that, they should be set. But again, getting those role players is going to be tough. Maybe they can try and scam Markeith Morris from the Lakers or Jay Crowder from Miami. If they could get like two or three of these guys and a backup point guard. I don't know who that's going to be. Maybe they draft that backup point guard. I think then they'll be fine. But they just need—they really need to sort it that out. Because beyond Steph, Clay, 
and Raymond. It's literally just Andrew Wiggins, Eric Pascal, and Jordan Poole for what he's worth, which I have no idea what it is. So yeah, that's about it. Oh, and also yeah, before I forget, Kevon Looney. Yeah, Kevon Looney is okay. Like he's a pretty good center as well. I mean, backup center or whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't be too sure of him. <laughs> Yeah. No, actually, uh, they could sign two players without actually enhancing this cap. They do have the mid-level exception and the 17 million yeah, trade exception, which they got out of uh, trading away Iguodala. Uh, so I think. Iguodala, then, yeah. Yeah. So I think 17 mil is pretty good to sign a role player, uh, like a decent role player who can actually run the second unit, because that's something they really. I need. think Joe Harris would be interesting for you. I really don't think they need him any more shooting, dude. I mean, they need a playmaker more than... They players. only have one shooting guard in the team. It's Clay Thompson. I know. Uh, but they don't have any playmaker in the second unit, right? That's also a really good... Uh, that's also an aspect which they need. He has definitely needs to improve their bench. Exactly yeah. why I feel like... I think that's that's a problem. There's like so many holes they need to fill in the bench. You need at least like three good solid backup players because yeah. I think the Draymond Green position is sorted because him and Eric Pascal is a good dream, like backup but Kevon yeah. Looney probably good backup center but not a good starting center yeah, Andrew they, Wiggins is yeah. not a good starting small forward I'm sorry yeah, yeah but and I think if he can play yeah if he can play like yeah. how Harrison Barnes was playing in the first Warriors run I think that should be okay because yeah, I think he's that's yeah he, we have never seen that level from Andrew Wiggins even when he first got drafted and that was his like his best yeah, season yeah I guess yes yeah, so that's that's something like, which we Harrison have to see Barnes played extremely well when he was there like yeah. he was a good defensive presence and Andrew Wiggins is anything but a defensive presence yeah but yeah but you know right like players do come into their own if they get into a better coach better situation surround by better people so you never know. I mean, I yeah. Uh, okay, that's true. Fine. Okay. Then so, so we move on to the third and final team. Oh, anything else to add also? Uh, nope. I think I'm done, and let's hope the Warriors can do something out of the roster right now. Okay. So yeah, Komu, yeah. all over to you. So the third and final team are the Atlanta Hawks. Where do I start with this team? Hmm. Okay, so basically, they have a ton of cap, cap space. I mean, cap space, almost 44 million, mostly because right now they have only like, I don't know how many players do they have left in their team, like six players, nine players left in the team. Everyone else is just a free agent, unrestricted free agent now. Um, they have two good centers in Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman. So I think their center position is rather strong. It's it's good enough. Um, the power forward position is also pretty good. They have John Collins. Although John Collins is, isn't the kind of power forward you need right now in this league. He cannot spread the flow. And he's, he's a good, powerful player around the rim, but not away from the rim. The small forward position, though, is actually an area of concern because right now it's only been filled by Cam Reddish and Deion Hunter, who are both rookies, and neither of them have been great. And they have their own ups and downs. Cam Reddish has shown sparks and signs of being a really good player every now and then, but then those have been like four or five matches throughout the season, which isn't great. And DeAndre Hunter is a good defensive player, an extremely good defensive player. and But he struggles sometimes on the offensive end. Then shooting guard is another problem position for this team. 
where it's literally filled by one person at the moment, that's Kevin Hoto, who you're looking to trade away. So I don't know what's going to happen over there. And point guard, they have a good point guard. I wouldn't say a championship team level point guard. Trey Young is an incredibly good offensive player. He's an, a weapon. He's like a tiny nuclear bomb that can just go off. But on the defensive end, he is a complete liability, like even worse than what Isaiah Thomas was for the Celtics. So I think this team, I think the best this team can do with whatever they do is with the cast spaces become a seventh or an eighth to place team in the Eastern Conference, which isn't great at all. They're just going to be a middling team unless they try scrapping things up and they redo it. And recently, there's been a lot of pressure from the Atlanta who owners on to the general manager, Travis Frank, for making the playoffs. So this is going to be like a do-or-die season for them, basically, and that's kind of forced them into making decisions they should not have been made. Making so right now, I think they're kind of like front runners in the Drew Holiday trade. They're kind of like trying to trade on um, trade him. Oh, I mean, the sixth round pick and Kevin Hotel to um, the Pelicans for Drew Holiday, which I would do in a heartbeat if I were them because Drew Holiday is extremely good. Um, shooting guard, he can play like uh, got to mention before, he can play as a shooting guard and he's extremely good defense player as well. Beyond that, I think I would go out of my way, I would drive up to Boston and convince Gordon Hayward to turn down his player option and then sign up the, the Hawks right now because Gordon, uh, Gordon Hayward is an extremely good playmaker, extremely good shooter, and good defensive player when fit and he would like take away a whole lot of like creative role and burden away from Trey Young. So, I mean, those two trades should take a ton of, um, you know, like this should actually catapult them to much beyond a seventh place team, I think. I mean, like they could probably be better in face of they were that. I mean, a couple other just about like you know, about um, a bunch of role players for them to sign. I think this team will be pretty good. Uh, they just need to find another ball, a ball handler and a shot creator, barring Trey Young, and someone who can cover Trey Young, i.e. Uh, Drew Holiday on the defensive end. But I don't think this team's ever going to be end up being anything close to a championship team because that's the kind of ceiling you set for a team when your star player cannot play on both ends of the court. And it's I know it's harsh on my part, but it is a fact and it's always been truths like this. And I know people like you may say like Steph Curry isn't a great defensive player, but, but Steph Curry is like six three and he can hold his end on the defensive end despite not being a good defensive player. And he's still at least able to run around and do something. Trey Young can do nothing in defensive end, and that's kind of sad. So it's gonna be interesting to see what the uh, Hawks do with a cap space. But if I were them, I think Drew Holiday and Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward would be my number one priority, and Drew Holiday would be my number two priority. And it kind of seems like that's the way it's going right now. So they might just get both of them and you never know. Um, basketball can be surprising. What do you guys think? Yeah, Kumu, uh, really good points, I guess. And uh, I think Hawks are one of those franchises that, yes, they did get Trey Young, I mean, who was who they have as their franchise player, but 
yeah with him it's very difficult to win a championship i guess or actually even build a championship team around because there are like he is a complete offensive player and it's difficult to actually surround him with that kind of talent and yes i do understand that they have a lot of cap space but atlanta right now i think with the talent is with this amount of talent is not a really good free agent destination people wouldn't be lining up to sign there and uh, yeah the two uh, players you mentioned drew holiday i think is one of the most uh, you know highly i think he is the uh, uh, how do i put it the sort of the player yeah, he's the most sort of player yeah he's definitely the most sort of the trade asset that shows you how weak this off season is to be fair uh, no yeah, offense that's... to drew <laughs> yeah i do i mean he was I, i think he was like the teammate of the year i mean i didn't even know that award exists but i think it does and he won it last time so i mean he is an amazing uh, you know uh, veteran presence he's a good defender he's a good playmaker and he's a player which every team wants so yeah i think if uh, the hawks can get him it would be really good and uh, i think uh, the gordon hayward thing would be a bit tricky because a person who has been so injury prone if you ask him to sign out of a deal which i think is going to pay him around 20 6 to 30 mil i guess i'm not sure exactly how much so he's going to earn 33 million in this final year yes so but unless if he opts out and gets another deal with another team he's going to make a lot more money i highly doubt he's going to make around 33 mil per year in the next deal considering how his no he won't make struck. that but say yeah. he signs like a 100 million five year deal which is around 20 million a year which is extremely capable of earning yeah, yeah. he's going to so earn 70 million more Whereas yeah. if he waits another year, and however COVID impacts the the, the league's finances the following year, or maybe his injuries get a lot worse, you never know. There's a lot of uncertainty waiting yeah, for that. that that's, right now that's he can get this hundred yeah. million deal though. Yeah. So yeah. So that so makes so, a lot more financial sense for him. Yeah. That's if the Hawks can promise him a long time deal. So that is again something with the yeah. Hawks must figure out. so if they can do that and oh uh, yeah if they can do that well and good for them because gordon hayward is an upgrade any day he's a good defensive presence again he's a really good playmaker and he's really good facilitator i mean that's a really key aspect which people forget about him so yeah all these moves are good but i think they still are one or two superstars away from actually making a splash in the eastern conference because the east is stacked like legit so yeah gotham what do you think I couldn't agree more. Like honestly, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, Trey Young is like he's the franchise player, future franchise player for the T Hawks. And yes, the pop, the front court, the power forward, and the center positions are settled. And like Kuhu mentioned, the small forward and shooting guard has to be improved. Like, yes, Gordon Hayward is could be one of the main targets, and Drew Holiday too. But if Drew Holiday doesn't work. i can say that the caris lever deal also might be useful and uh, yeah they won't make it they can, they can try making it to the playoffs this season but definitely not the championship caliber i know it's mean but i can say that they can make it make it to the playoffs but i don't know how far they'll go yeah uh and yeah i agree with both you guys i don't think the hawks are ever going to push for anything like they need like also said a couple more superstar players to even be like relatively like challenging for even the conference title 
like I said before, they cannot do it with Trey Young being the main player or the best player. He, however good of an offensive talent he is, that's just as bad of a defensive talent he is. I mean, like, he was literally the third worst defensive player in the league. Out of 400 players, the third worst defensive player. Yeah, you're, you're never winning with a superstar like that. And, like, they, they, they just have so many holes. And, yeah, they have a lot of cap space. But what's the point of having so much cap space at a time when the free agents market is so bad? It's poor right now. So, I think everything was timed a little poorly by the Hawks. I mean, they had a good long-term plan set. And the owners got impatient and they're just rushing things now. And we know from past experiences that's never a good thing. You, should, you need to let each team run its full course. And if you're not going let to let that happen, then you're just going to be another middling team like a Washington Wizards or like Orlando Magic. So I don't think we can expect anything big from the Hawks next season. Like, like, like Oscar said, the use is tagged. You have Milwaukee Raptors, Celtics, Nets. Then you have Milwaukee Raptors, Celtics, Nets. Then you have got the Miami Heat. You got a Philadelphia 76ers, and you got the Indiana Pacers. That's seven teams that are bound to make the playoffs. So there's literally just one spot left for Washington, who's gonna get John Wall and Bradley Beal now back together for Orlando Magic to look great last year, and maybe the Hawks, maybe the Knicks. God knows who else then. So yeah. Um, Hawks don't have a bright future. Uh, anything else from you guys, Lab? Can you move on then? That was the rebuild part. Now, we're just going to quickly go through some trade rumors uh, while recording this podcast. Uh, just like half an hour back, we got a Shams bomb from Shams Chirania from Yahoo Sports. Oh, now off the stadium and athletic, actually. My bad. So, Shams. So, the OKC Thunder have traded. Chris Paul and Abdel Nader to the Phoenix Suns for Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre Jr., Ty Jerome, Jalen Light, and a 2020-2022 first-round pick, protected 1-12, to 12, or a 2023 first-round pick, protected 1-10, to 10, or a 2024 first-round pick, protected 1-8, to 8, or non-protected 2025 first-round pick. Oh, so what do you guys think of this trade? Um, who do you think won, to be honest, in this trade? Oh, oh my god, uh, I think you go first. Yeah, OKC has go, like a hundred picks by right, right? I mean, they they have, I swear to god, we used to say that Boston and uh, like they they had a mountain like a treasure of picks and stuff, but look at how many picks OKC has, dude. Damn, I think they have seven picks from the Clippers. They have two from the Rockets. Uh, they have one from the Suns, and they have a couple other picks. I'm forgetting for sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you look at the players they got back in return, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, both of these players are again hot in the uh, trade market. I'm pretty sure they're not going to keep them because they are in a complete rebuild phase. And uh, as I said, Kelly Oubre is, you know, the Golden State Warriors are looking for him. So again, the second overall pick can come in handy here because OKC is a completely uh-huh. rebuilding team. So that means more picks for them. So it's insane. And it actually uh, keeps uh, Devin Booker happy because he actually has a way bigger upgrade than uh, Ricky Rubio. I mean, you know how well he played when Ricky Rubio came because they needed a point guard to help Devin Booker. Ricky Rubio helped him. And I mean, they were playing really well before Ricky Rubio got injured. 
so i think chris paul is a definite upgrade over ricky rubio and i hope this time they can make it at the playoffs because devin booker is literally i think he's dying to make it to the playoffs this time and his amazing 8 and 0 run in the bubble actually showed that he is ready to take that next step and uh, i think cp3 is the best mentor he could get so yeah i think it's an amazing deal and uh, i mean depending on how uh, you know fit chris paul can be throughout the season that's when we can de- define if phoenix actually won this trade because uh, i'm not sure i mean chris paul was pretty healthy last year but before that he hasn't actually been that healthy so if he can um, stay healthy yeah Oh, Chris Paul's on a new paleo-based diet, so I think he's going to be pretty healthy. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. What's that for? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it did pay off last year. I hope it does the next year as well because he's amazing to watch as well. So yeah, I mean, I really want him to go all shimmy dancing over Steph Curry again because that was insane, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just before um, got of you go, I just want to add a couple of things. So basically, what OKC did to Russell Westbrook is they got in uh they got in two um future first round picks from Houston along with two future pick swaps plus a future first round pick from Phoenix which is five first round picks potentially oh then God. they got in Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre and two pretty good players on rookie deals yeah, and if actually- you just look at their future the picks now it's they, they have the now the nuggets first round pick and the lakers first round pick in in uh, 2020 then they have their own first round pick the miami heat's first round pick and the houston pick swap in 2021 yeah. then they have their own first round pick the clippers first round and the suns first round in 2022 then they have their own first round a clippers pick swap and the heat first round in 2023 then you have yeah. their own i'm going to have a headache <laughs> They basically have 16 first-round picks over the next six years. They're going to own the draft, man. And if there's one thing we know about Sam Presti, a person who has... He knows how to draft. draft. He's drafted three MVPs in three consecutive drafts. Back-to-back. And none of them were first overall picks. So that goes to show his ability to draft. I mean, yes, there were high picks, but none of them were a short-shot MVP type thing. I, I guess Kevin Durant can be considered but the other two weren't so the way he actually scouted the talent and got it i mean that is and uh, i'm speechless man i mean credit to sam presti he has made a bad okc like both the contracts they had they, they had a bad westbrook contract they had a bad uh christmas like uh, paul, george contract. paul george contract yeah i mean they got they got them like they got the best out of them and as soon as they left they got, I mean, exactly. They traded Westbrook and PG for like at the top of their uh, trade value. They got literally mountains yeah. for them. And now that they're somewhere else, their value is actually really down. No one wants Westbrook. Literally nobody wants. I think I just read something where the Hornets were like, they were interested in Westbrook, but they did not want to give them their third pick. They were just giving them random role players and stuff for Westbrook. So that's how bad Westbrook's value is right now in the market. So, yeah, man, Sam Presti, dude. I just, another trade that went actually on the radar, when they had Carmelo Anthony, Anthony, rather than just waving him off and having dead salary crap, they traded Carmelo for Dennis Schroeder and the Miami pick. 
and now you're about to trade Dennis Schroeder for another first round pick. So they literally just turned a hapless Carmelo Anthony that you could have easily waved off into two yeah, first and, round Yeah, and, and don't forget, uh, and Danny I'm pretty Green. Sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're, going, they're not going to keep Danny Green. I mean, as, uh, yeah, as much and as... Yeah, he's probably going to end up as another pick as well. Yeah, as much as everyone's hating on Danny Green, he's still a decent player. So I'm pretty sure... He's some, on the move, yeah. Yeah, some team is desperate for a shooter and... Yeah. Danny Green's going, oh my god, you know, let's, let's, let's let him go at it like we both have been talking. Got him, what do you yeah. trademark? I mean, right now, if you ask who's ruling the offseason, it's definitely the OKC Thunder because I, I don't know, I can't count their I can't count their draft picks. I mean, they have literally so many. And looking at their current roster, I don't think Ricky Rubio has a place in the starting lineup. Or maybe he might actually, uh, he might. Because he and Shai Gilgis Alexander may kill it on the floor. And Kelly Oubre Jr. can provide good support from the bench. I mean, I don't know. Like The future is bright for OKC because it's going to be their draft. <laughs> no words. Yeah, for sure, man. What can the Celtics do to get a couple of picks? I don't know. Anyway, um, move on then. Oh, this is an insane trade! Like, yeah, and Sam it's gonna be a, yeah, it's gonna be an, yeah, it's gonna be an insane couple of days because it's a reduced off season and reduced uh, everything. The next two weeks are gonna be insane. They're just gonna be bombs after bombs, man. It's insane, and uh, yeah, I think speaking about trades and stuff, I think Harden is definitely on the move. Uh, and I think the one team which he has listed out where he would like to be playing is. Brooklyn Nets. So, yeah, what do you think about that? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, nothing... I don't think any team, like, um, Gautam, why don't you just go over this straight in your opinion while I just bring up each of their, their cap, salary cap numbers? Yeah. To be honest, this James Harden straight to the Brooklyn Nets is not going to work, even though, if, even though it happens, because... Three, they're, they're going to be three ball hoggers in the team and all of them want the ball and they, they're all scorers. And yes, and they're going to have a lot, huge cap space. I mean, not cap space. They have three big salaries to manage because all three of them are in max contracts. So I'm, I'm t- telling you this Harden's deal to the Rockets is not going to work at all, even if it happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just true. got their cap numbers now. So James Harden is going to make $41 million over the 2020-2021 season, 41.2 million. He's going to be a digital. Kevin, Kevin Durant is going to make 40.9 million over the 2020-2020. Sorry, he's going to make 39 million over the 2020-2021 season. And Kyrie Irving is going to make 33.3 million over the 2020-2021 season. And they're just going to keep going higher for the next three seasons. That's like 110 mil just with three players, right? That's literally exceeding the cap space with three players. So, oh my yeah, God. I don't think yeah. it's ever going to happen. You can have as many trade exceptions as you want, and you still won't be able to sign enough players to fit in the salary cap. And yeah, with the way man. things have been going in this post-COVID world, all things have, a lot of these owners are mainly business owners, and they do have other business to run. So I don't think any owner would want to be in, a cal- in the salary cap I mean, the ta- luxury tax 
bracket or whatever you call it. I'm just blabbing. I'm a little sleepy now. Forgive me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. But uh, I mean, just forget about all the salary and stuff and whatnot. With a pure basketball perspective, it is really difficult to see how these three people would fit. Because, yeah, I mean, okay, fine. Uh, Harden and uh, Chris Paul did work. And both of them are ball dominant. I agree. Westbrook and Harden also worked, I guess, in the regular season for the second half. But having three ball-dominant players who excel only when the ball... I mean, all three of these players... I mean, okay, fine. KD, maybe he can play off-ball. We saw him play with Steph and all. But it's still highly unlikely to get the maximum out of all these three players if you ask them to play off-ball. And I think it's not fair to ask them to play off the ball, right? I mean, if you ask Harden to just stand in the corner and wait for the ball to come to him, it is basically minimizing his own potential. So, with a pure, I mean, yes, the cap is completely screwed if they try to make this. They're just going to trade over their entire bench, which was actually the main reason why KD and Kyrie came there because it was a really good team and a really good culture. Uh, That's why they chose the Nets over the Knicks. So if you basically trade over their entire bench, the entire depth for one player, uh, that because you do need a team to win players. I mean, yes, you do need superstars, but with that you need really good bench players as well. So with a, I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So yeah, that's that's what I got. Yeah, it doesn't make sense in any single way. So yeah. Um. So I think that's it for today, lads. So, late in the night and anything else for you guys to add? Uh, no, I guess yeah, we're going to come back with more teams and uh, more predictions and more Voge Bombs as well because they're just going to keep dropping <laughs> here and then sure, every man. time. Yeah. So yeah, so thanks for tuning in guys and from me, Oscar and Gautam, see you next time. Peace. Bye. Bye everyone. Adios. Thank you.